Welcome to Nancy's Metaphysical World and Beyond. My name is Nancy, and I host the show. And today we're going to have a guest on who can be quite controversial with what he has to say, and I'm going to bring him on so we don't hesitate. His name is Stephen Sindali. Hello, Stephen. How are you? Yes, Nancy. Uh, good afternoon, and uh, thank you for having me on today. You're very welcome. Now, Stephen, you on your website, it's youtube.com, and then it's your last name, Productions, and that's S-I-N-D-O-N-I, Productions. You make a lot of comments on your website, and some of them I'm surprised haven't been shut down, but, you know, this is the freedom of speech, they tell us. So I'm going to ask you some questions, but before I do, Stephen, can you tell the listeners a little bit about who Stephen is and what started you on your trail of investigating all these wonderful happenings going on in our country today? Well, it started out, I was a, um, a regular guy. Uh, it goes back to 1998. I was uh, recently divorced at the time, and I was in Montreal, Canada, uh, really minding my own business, going out to Canada to spend the, uh, the Labor Day weekend out there in 1998. So I'm going to cut right to the chase and uh, share with you that after visiting a, uh, the St. Laurent a nightclub on uh, the, the, uh, the glass, the wax lounge nightclub on St. Laurent Street, I went into my car, and it was raining that night, and I passed the police sobriety check. The police asked me a couple questions, and they, they let me go through the sobriety check. But a couple blocks after I got past the check, a Ford Aerostar van um, forced me over to the side of the curb, and uh, two men got out of the, uh, the vehicle, and uh, one of the men walks over to my vehicle, and he approaches my car, and he calls me Muhammad. So obviously I said, Muhammad, my name's not Muhammad. It was a case of mistaken identity. A second now man gets out of the van holding a semi-automatic rifle put in my face. The first man then asked to search my car. So I said, absolutely not until you show me some identification. So he reluctantly, Nancy, reveals a photo ID with his picture on it. And next to his picture was a photo of the emblem of the Jewish menorah, and it said the words, Mossad. So the next thing I did is I handed him my ID, and I said to him, by the way, I'm an American. I said, and I, what I'd like to know is I just got stopped by the Montreal police who told me I was able to go through the sobriety checks. So obviously, I know who the police are in this country. You are operating for the Israeli Mossad, like the CIA of Israel. What are you doing stopping me at 2 o'clock in the morning calling me Mohammed? So he smirked at me as the other man held the automatic rifle in my face and said, oh, so you're an American. I said, yes, I'm an American. So he then said, uh, well, we want to search your car. I said, only if I can watch. So I opened up the doors, and the fellow with the submachine gun went around, and he did his due diligence to look through my car. And then when I got done looking through my car, he asked me to open my trunk, which I did. Now it's raining like the blazes, 2 o'clock in the morning here in this, this deserted street. So he said to me, where's your luggage? I said, my luggage is back in my hotel where it's supposed to be. Well, what are you doing in Canada? I said, I should ask you the same question. What are you doing in Canada? So again, he has the smirk on his face, speaking in uh, the King's English, which I was pretty surprised because first he had an Arabic accent when he called me Muhammad, and then all of a sudden he spoke the King's English. He says, well, since the USS cold bombings, uh, we've been looking for terrorists here in Canada, you fit the profile. 
So at that point, I was livid. I, I fit the profile. I says, you stop me at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm minding my business. Are you telling me because I have New Jersey license plates and I, I'm, I'm in Canada and I'm by myself that I fit the profile terrorist? I said, i tell you what. Are you done searching my car? So the other fellow nodded to him. They then gave me back my, uh, I, my license, and they allowed me to leave. The following morning, I went back to the U.S. Customs at the border of Montreal, and the first thing I did was I parked my car and told the U.S. Border Customs about what happened. They listened to my story, Nancy, attentively, and they said they were going to check into it. They said these men obviously were operating illegally and that uh, they didn't know what was going on, but it was kind of strange. This was back in 98 now in September. Right after I get back to New Jersey, where I lived at the time, I now found myself on the surveillance, and this was back in 98. Okay, so, so this back is in 98. First, this is back in 98. So now I'll just fast forward the story. So then I'm watching, this is now in 2001, December 27th, I'm watching a broadcast. Well, wait, I'll back up a second. The year, the year later, 1999, I tried to go back into Canada, to uh, to visit the country uh, on that summer, that summer of 99. I was detained at the border for three hours and told they would not let me into the country. And uh, so they, they turned me back at the border, which I couldn't figure out why. I've been here eight, nine times before, and I was going to see the, the, the Mets play the Montreal Expos at the Exhibition Stadium. So I told them, look, I'm going to see the game. You want to see the tickets, whatever. No, 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 you know, we're just not letting you in the country. So for three hours, they wouldn't let me in. So... What I ended up doing is I spent like three or four days up in Plattsburgh, New York, and this was in the summer of 99. So here it is at 99, I wasn't allowed back into the country. So now, on 2001, we've got the events of the World Trade Center, and then three months later, on December 27th, ABC News, NBC, and all the big affiliates show photos of five men that who apparently uh, the FBI were looking for that in the FBI posting in the FBI.gov said five men illegally entering the Canada uh, from country one for questioning for 9-11. So I get a look at these five photos. All of a sudden, I go, bullseye, there's two of the guys who stopped me in 98. So the next day, Nancy, I call up the FBI in Pennsylvania, which, which is where I was living. The FBI tells me on the phone that I must be mistaken. So I pick up the phone. I call the FBI in New York. They give me the same cock and bull story that I'm mistaken. Two days after that, someone breaks into my home, and they get into my computer to get the photos of the, of the men that I claim stopped me in Montreal. So thereafter, I'm being followed back and forth to work, and I'm saying, what the hell is going on? Here I am trying to help the FBI, the government, you know, the customs officials stop a supposed terrorist action by a group that I could identify as the Israeli Mossad who called me Mohammed. Now, after 9-11, they were looking for the lead hijacker who happened to be named Mohammed Atta, which later was revealed, Nancy, that there was a terrorist cell group that they believe were operating in Montreal and also in Patterson, New Jersey. Now, I had New Jersey license plates. I just happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time, and I got caught up in, in suspense that is more out of an enemy of the state type of a movie, you know? It sounds like it. So let's ask a couple questions. I mean, because you, you have a YouTube page, and it, it's got some pretty interesting things on it, okay? 
And I know people are going to take a look at that and go, man, this guy's got to be off the deep end. You know, nobody would be saying the things he's saying if he wasn't. You know, so you have done a lot of investigation. And we'll go back to the Mount Shasta because that kind of is important, too, with what our supposedly media truth that comes out to the people is. Because the things they put out about what you found out at Mount Shasta were not really what the media was talking about. Is that true? That is correct. Uh, when I, when I, uh, being a, I'm a writer, I was forced now to uh, live outside of the box. I couldn't find a regular job. My social security number was expunged. One, every time I would fill out an application, all of a sudden the company couldn't find it in the database. I was subjected to uh, close surveillance, uh, <clears throat> mind control type of things. I was even hit with uh, micro, microwave uh, type of uh, weapons. And I've had other people to validate this as well. But in all the courses, my belief in spirituality has got me through this. But in the course of all this, I decided, you know what, no one's going to believe this unless I write about it. So I started writing about it. I said, but you know what, the only way I can fight back, Nancy, is to be a true investigator, to go through every conspiracy, everything that I could find to prove that there is a secret society that has been operating for a longest time that are controlling things, and I needed to wake up the people say, you know what, I now, if I'm outside of the box, you know what, God doesn't give you anything more than you can handle. God gave it to me for a reason. And I realized, and I heard, I heard, you know what, you know, you need to do this. You need to get everything out there and let people believe 50% of what you say, but investigate the other 50% to discern, to learn the truth. And if they do that, they do their diligence it's like the parachute. The mind doesn't work, Nancy, unless, you know, it's like a parachute unless it's open. So I 